Hello, hello, welcome to the Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas. Turns out he's engaged. I hate it when they do that. The first one made $600 million, so it's probably not surprising that Meryl Streep and Julie Waters and Piers Brosnan, Colin Firth, they're all back for Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. So I'm going to kill each and every one of them. He's won Best and Best Supporting Actors, so to be honest, there's not many films starring Denzel Washington that I wouldn't have a squiz at. And the next one is The Equaliser 2. Last week, we were talking about concert films with British prog rockers Muse. And this week, there's another little different concert film. It's the Royal Ballet's Swan Lake. That's this week on The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas. Hey, my name is Kyron Wheatley. We're here to sift through new releases before they've even been released. With a PhD in film, we're joined by Vari McIntyre. Hello. Hello. Aside from ABBA, who would you like to see have a film based on their music? My favourite artist at the moment is Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino. Yeah. He's got some really popular music out at the moment. This is America. It was was epic. Yeah, just taken really well, taken... Music World by sort Storm. Sort of is a film, that film clip, isn't it? Yeah, so I would like to see maybe a <gasps> film of his and here's a What good... about a Star Wars Childish Gambino of a crossover? <laughs> <laughs> but he's quite a good writer-director as well, so he could write, yeah, direct, and do all the music. Yeah, I think something could come out of that really good. That is the voice of Michael Cambo Campbell here from Village Cinemas. Any bands hanging for a movie? Uh, not so much a band, but an artist. I'd love to see a Bruce Springsteen version of, of Mamma Mia, right? Yeah. One of the classics from The Boss. Think about that yourself and keep listening. We've got your chance to win a Village Cinema's Gold Class Double Pass a little later on. Come on, girl! Just one look and I can hear a bell ring. I've never felt closer to my mom. She wasn't scared because she had me. In 1999, a new musical launched on the West End of London featuring the music of ABBA. And if you go to the West End today, you can still see it because Mamma Mia is now the eighth longest running show in West End history. It also sat on Broadway for 14 years and has grossed $2 billion and been seen by over 60 million people. So yeah, it seems a no-brainer that in 2008 they made a movie of it. It was an absolute blockbuster and 10 years on, that incredible cast are all back for the sequel. And for those who aren't expecting a sequel, they should have read the lyric right to the end, Mamma Mia, here we go again. Do we know what it's about? This one is set five years after the events of the first Mamma Mia. So it's based on this Greek island. Sophie, played by Amanda Seyfried, is pregnant with the guy she got married to from the last movie. Mm-hmm. And she's running her mother, who was Meryl Streep's villa, so on this Greek island. And her relationship is very complicated and she's conflicted and worried that she won't be a good mother and she's going through this pregnancy. And she gets guidance from her mum's two friends, Tanya and Rosie, played by Christine Baranski and Julie Walters. And so it just follows her journey as she's pregnant and her relationships and then it's going to flash back to Meryl Streep's younger self and her two friends and parallel that journey that Sophie's having while she's pregnant. And ABBA. Yeah, and then they sing a lot. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is the draw card, right? I feel like <laughs> I the plot, yeah, the plot is just there that, for the songs, right? Maybe. Do we know anything else about it? Like who directed it? What's the... Well, directed, we know the car. It's directed obviously. by a guy called Ol Parker who hasn't directed a whole bunch of stuff. He did... Uh, probably most famously write the exotic Marigold Hotel movies. So he's got a demographic, I think, that he goes for, (laughs) which is maybe like a slightly older crowd. They like their 
Meryl Streep's are like their Judy Dench's. Mm-hmm. I am curious to know how much Meryl Streep is in this movie because yeah. I do know she only filmed for a week. I heard that too. Yeah. So probably not a lot. Yeah. Is she just like, hey, I'm here. And then she collects her paycheck, waves at the camera and then Why goes did home. she not film a lot? Was that her choice or a story choice? I, I don't know. Do that's, that's the thing. We need to find out. Ooh. Well, I reckon like you don't, do you get, do you really get a cast that big back for another massive shoot? For a number two, or do you get them back by saying, "Hey, look, all you have to do is one week." Yeah, it's in the Greek islands. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be bad, would it? It's like here's a few million dollars, come for a week to the Greek islands. We'll film a bit, yeah, and then you're off home. Yeah, we'll we'll pay for two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> you would all have to love Abba so much. <laughs> do we love Abba? What did we think of the first movie? I only saw it last week. For all these years, I'd never seen it, and I finally watched it last week. What and- was holding you back? Just a gen. I, I'm not particularly that interested in ABBA. I mean, it's as simple as that. I was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. But I knew this was coming up. And I thought, well, I should do my due diligence and mm-hmm. watch the movie. It's bloody delightful. Well, I didn't even feel that diligence because I really don't like ABBA. So I. How can you not like ABBA? It, Those uh, hits. I don't know. Is this just an unpopular opinion? I've only met like one other person who doesn't like the music. If their music comes on, I won't change it but I never select it. Mm. That being said, I didn't realize how many ABBA songs I knew until I watched Mamma Mia. Oh, and a yeah, song would totally. come and I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Oh, yeah, weirdly I know all the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> Your parents like it, maybe. <laughs> no, no, I think that's where I get it from. They don't. Because <laughs> the first one obviously, you know, tracks the musical. Yeah. Uh, do we know anything about the sequel? Well, yeah, it's kind of a, a Godfather part two. In, in the oh. sense that it is a sequel and a prequel at the same time. Right. So obviously Godfather Part 2 had Robert De Niro playing young Don Corleone. Yeah. This has Lily James playing the younger Meryl Streep character. Yeah. But it is also the sequel to the first movie. Yeah. Do you think that's like a deliberate, like this is definitely the, the Godfather 2 of musical sequels? I definitely think this is the only place you'll hear a comparison between Godfather <laughs> and Mamma Mia. And just, it's structural. I should point that out. <laughs> is that where it ends? Yeah, yeah. No horse heads in Yeah, the, the musical numbers in Godfather Part 2 were way different to <laughs> the musical numbers in Mamma Mia. Now that's yeah. a crossover I could watch. <laughs> Godfather just full of ABBA music. Interesting. Well, Lily James, who you might know from The Last Cinderella, yeah. so she's playing Meryl Streep's character as the younger... Mother, and so when we flash so back, so when she's just had the, the baby, um, or just when she gets pregnant, I think okay, so. Yeah. It, it mirrors, um, Sophie, the main character in Mama Mia's journey now when she's pregnant in this second movie. And obviously, it might be important to explain in the first movie, the whole movie is based around Amanda Seyfried trying to figure out which of these three men is her father. Mm. And in the end of the movie, spoiler alert, she, she decides she doesn't want to know because mm. she likes them all. So, this movie is actually about when her mother met those three men. So the I think the idea is maybe they might even reveal it in this, which one she actually fell pregnant to. Yeah, well, because there's more of that 60s vibe, you're going to get more of an ABBA hit because that was, you know, back in the day, the 60s and 70s were in their prime. So that's where all the music comes from. So it may fit a bit better because we're getting that 60s vibe and maybe we'll have some flare jeans and, and some macrame in there. Let's get the party started. Grandma, you weren't invited. That's the best kind of party, little girl. There's that the twist that you see in the trailers where Cher is actually Amanda Seyfried's 
character's grandmother. Mm. So she comes in. She's actually only two years older than Meryl Streep in real yeah. life, but she's playing the grandmother. But she's had a bigger life, <laughs> yeah. shall we say. She's been in she, Vegas a long time. And, uh... Yeah, so we get this like generational view of Mamma Mia. They tried the to get her in the first movie as well, apparently, and she turned it down. And then I, she must have just looked at the, the box office receipts of the first movie and was like, <laughs> God damn it, never, never again. You remember in, I think it's Ocean's 11 or Ocean's 12, where Julia Roberts is in the movie and they say she looks like Julia Roberts. It's yeah. sort of a famous, weird yeah, that was really, bit of a film. Yeah. So Julia Roberts is walking around and part of the plot is like, you know, Julia Roberts' character looks a lot like Julia Roberts. So for sure, like, because it's all about ABBA, like, Sher is a musician herself. It feels like another one of those, like, yeah. uh, does she exist in the real world? And Well, here's a weird question then. Does ABBA exist in this universe or are people making up these songs on the spot? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, because yeah. otherwise there would be people like, you know, in this Greek village being like, are they singing ABBA? Yeah. <laughs> or are these just spontaneous songs and ABBA doesn't exist? These are the logic loopholes. Exactly. Because also the, the, the effect that ABBA has had on music <laughs> and the world more broadly means the world would not be the same. <laughs> so, in fact, if ABBA does not exist, this film could not exist. Oh, man. It's like a grandfather paradox. So this is actually a fantasy, uh, this film. <laughs> so my question is, because you were saying ABBA has a lot of songs. I knew more than I thought actually. I knew watching the first movie. But is there enough songs for two movies or are these going to be like oh, the yeah. B-side kind of like <laughs> leftover songs? Like, geez, what have we got left? Is there enough ABBA songs for two movies? Yes, there is. Yeah. It's great you're helping all these random people. Stay off the radar. They killed my friend. The first Equalizer, or as it's known, The Equalizer, came out in 2014 and saw Best Actor Oscar winning actor Denzel Washington re-team with the director of the film that won him said Oscar, Training Day, for another action-packed flick. And The Equalizer 2 sees the same cast, same writers, same director. So what else do we know about it, Camber? Obviously, what's good about The Equalizer is that it's based on an old TV show from the 80s. So... In this movie, it's just a new mission, which is kind of like, it's it's a perfect for a, a movie series adaption. The guy from the original Equalizer had the best name ever, Edward Woodward. Is oh, that name. guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in this, in this next movie, uh, all that's really known about it is that someone from Denzel Washington's past, for people that don't know, he's, uh, he's in the intelligence game. He had a very particular set of skills. Uh, and someone from his past from the intelligence industry has died, and he wants to find out who's killed them. Because that's the idea of the character, right? Is that he's like retired, he's gotten out of the game, but he's just got that moral compass, that annoying <laughs> moral compass. Just won't just let him go. Drags him back in all the time. Like every action hero movie ever. Exactly. So yeah. th this seems to be like a trope in the last, I want to say, maybe 15 years of actors that are getting a little older that were always kind of like serious dramatic actors. Like Denzel came up in like Glory and then there's Liam Neeson as well. And they just become action stars. Yeah. It's kind of post 50. <laughs> They're like, yeah. you know what? I'm an action star now. Is, was Denzel Washington not always an action star? No, he was always in like kind of like prestige drama movies originally. And then from about training day onwards, he's yeah, like, right. you know what? Action now. I'm man on fire. I'm, you know. Yeah, I was going to mention the man on fire because that's pretty much the same plot as Equalizer where someone he loves is killed and he goes on a killing rampage. 
That's all of these movies, though. That that's yeah. you know, I mean, taken. John someone Wick. is taken. Yeah, John Wick is another one. All those. Though Keanu doesn't look over fifty, even though he is. <laughs> mm. Yeah, he's magical though. Apparently, so you'll be pleased to know, the crew referred to this movie as the sequelizer. I did read that fact, and I immediately thought of you because <laughs> yeah. last week that was yeah. what you you dubbed it the sequelizer. Yeah, it should have been called sequelizer. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I think that the first equalizer. I think is a really underrated movie. So th- these are the kind of movies that I see with my brother all the time because we love these kind of ultra-masculine, very violent, you know, I'm going to get revenge on everyone that's wronged me kind of movies, which they've definitely got an audience. But, you know, it's not something I'd take someone on a date to. But me and my brother, <laughs> we, have, really. we have the best time. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> You're a good data. Yeah. That's clever. It's good advice. Oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> See, I'm just not enthused by these sorts of movies at all. I think this storyline is just so overused and tired. It's this, yeah, macho masculinity hero who takes revenge on these people. He just goes on a massive killing spree with no consequences. They might start out with some interesting female characters like, they did in the first movie but they quickly disappear or are killed off and in this equalizer 2 it looks a lot similar where the the female characters are just brutalized by men and it has to be the the hero who saves them and i don't really want to see Mm. this violence against women all the time are you familiar with the concept of fridging no so fridging is a trope uh, in which uh, it's pretty much what you just explained where a female character exists only to be killed to motivate the male character. It comes from, a, weirdly, a Green Lantern comic. His girlfriend was killed and put in a fridge, and everyone's like, that's horrible. Ooh. And but ever since then, it's, bec- it's known as happened to Han Solo as well, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've, you know, I've never thought of it that way. Different kind great. of fridge. Yeah, Han Solo's fridge. <laughs> and you're right, it's an overused trope. Mm. The, the thing is, these movies just have this like inbuilt market that just... I didn't think the Equalizer was necessarily like a, a respected or well-known thing until I saw the trailer in a pretty packed cinema and several people were like, yes, the Equalizer. It's like, oh, geez, this has like a, a life outside of what I thought of people that weirdly just love these kind of movies. They love Taken. They love John Wick. They love the Equalizer. Yeah. It is good to see Denzel Washington in a hero role because you usually get like a, a white male actor to play the hero. Mm. It's good to see him back and a bit older doing some action films. I think people just like seeing... The boss. The trailer is him walking in and like, let's see how fast I can kill these seven people. Yeah, with a credit card. It's some kind of like macho wish fulfillment, isn't it? Being like, Mm. I could do that. I feel they're a bit more, their themes are more geared towards America saving the day. So they have this like all American hero save the day. There is, there's generally a moment in a trailer, which is like the got me moment, which means, oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, they got me. I'll see it. Mm. Which is uh, in the trailer, he tells the guy to do the Star Trek symbol. <laughs> yeah. He said, put your hands up, like live long and prosper. And then he takes his two hands and he kind of breaks his hand. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I like it. It's, it's, it's fun. <laughs> they got me. I'll see it. <laughs> I went the opposite. Really? <laughs> I went, why are you asking him to put the Star Trek hand up? That's got no relevance. <laughs> like that gangster was like, do you know the Star Trek sign? And the gangster's like, yes. I'm like, does he? Yeah. <laughs> does he though? <laughs> Get up. You know her name? No, sir. Her name is Amy. Give me your left hand. You ever see Star Trek? Very good. Five stars for Amy. So who should see this film? 
I'm going to go with my brother. We're going to have a great time. But if, if you like... Cambo's brother. Yeah. That's who should see this film. <laughs> but like, if you like the John Wicks and you like the Takens and stuff like that, then I mean, I think the Equalizer is better than Taken. It's it's better directed. It's even better written. Like he's a rounded character at least. Yeah, he does have flaws and nuances. And I did think that the first movie was well written, even though I, I didn't like the plot line perhaps. But yeah, it's very well written. The shots are really cool. The action scenes are really interesting. And it is from a crew that's won Oscars for their work. Also in cinemas this week, Skyscraper, the new one from Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. I went and saw it. It's a lot of fun. If you're expecting him to hang off his fake leg out of a building, you are in luck. It seems like all anyone is releasing at the moment is a concert film. And you know what I love about those concert films from the Royal Ballet at the cinema? Is it's 20 bucks, not 120 bucks. And that's for the best seat in the house. So none of us seen it yet, but what do we think? What can we expect? Well, these are one of those concert films, and these happen kind of rarely, where they're actually... There's a satellite. I don't know if people know this, but a lot of cinemas have a big satellite. I, on, I'm on aware of satellites. Uh, and it beams down straight from satellite. So it's not even like this is a an, an old concert. This is like the newest version. The only other time I've seen this done is an Ed Sheeran concert. Yeah, right. It was so new that they had to... So they're shooting this live. I don't think it's live, but oh. it's just very, very recent to really the point where they couldn't they couldn't really distribute the, the hard drives to get them out to places. So this is like filmed in the Royal Opera House a couple of weeks More ago. of a logistical problem. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> if it was live, we'd have to be here at like two in the morning. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> From London. I just have this image of like the ballet in, they're in space, beaming down <laughs> directly to the satellite. Yeah, they're on the, the Hubble telescope doing <laughs> yeah. their thing. Wouldn't that be cool? Ballet in no gravity. Yeah. <laughs> that would be cool, actually. That would be really cool. I think that's the thing they're going for, isn't it? is to appear as if they have no gravity. <laughs> well, yeah. It's, Isn't that, that sounds insightful, takes, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it takes a but lot I of But I actually skill. know nothing it, about ballet. <laughs> but it sounds insightful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're right, though. Like, this is a I, – I didn't even think of it this way, but, it, you know, if you can't afford to go to the ballet, and who can? I mean, mm. you know, we've got smashed avocado to eat. We can't afford these kind of things. <laughs> yes. Uh, you can still experience these kind of things. This same company does kind of like Shakespeare plays and stuff like that. And I can never afford to go over to London and go to the Globe Theatre and see these things. But I have seen a couple of them in the cinema, mm. which I wouldn't otherwise wouldn't have been able to see. Yeah, totally. I think I've been to the ballet once with like my nana when <laughs> I was 12 or something and she dragged me along to the Nutcracker or something like that. I guess I, this is like a way of being like, okay, what is it actually about? What is this ballet thing? Okay. <laughs> I, ooh, ooh, what's that cartoon? Okay, that's, about, that's, well, that's very broad. <laughs> the Swan Princess, and she's actually called Odette in the movie as well. Yeah. And it's about a hunter who sees a flock of swans and he tries to shoot one and it turns out to be a woman who turns into... That must have been a shock. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> turns into a swan during the day and at night time she turns back into a beautiful woman called Odette. Right. And she's under the spell of a witch and she has to make the prince fall in love with her mm. and then the spell will be broken. Yeah, I tried to read the plot summary on Wikipedia. It made no sense to me. Well, People that... are turning from swans to ladies and <laughs> yes. there's magical curse. A bit... More of a sequelizer, man. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like that was based on this ballet, the Swan Lake. So this was actually premiered in... 1877, wow. so it's pretty old. Yeah. So this story is quite a universal type of um, mythical folk tale where 
There's beautiful women turned into animals and breaking spells with love and things like that. You see that a lot, like The Princess and the Frog and all those sort of Disney movies taking these old folk tales. Well, that's what Swan Lake is. Um, and they haven't done a, a remake of it, but I think it was like from the, the 90s. I did actually really like it when I was younger. So if you've seen that cartoon, you'll know the plot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it, and Swan Lake is like... The Royal Ballet for fans of the Swan Princess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, there was a movie. I remember I was working at the time. There's a movie came out a couple of years ago called uh, Barbie Swan Lake, which oh, was yeah. the story of Swan Lake, but with Barbie. Yeah. So it, or, of course, Black Swan. I guess this is the prequel to Black Swan. I mean, I suppose, and it's like Swan Lake is like the ballet, right? Yeah. So if you're going to see yeah. one, see Swan Lake, and then you can look super cultured. You yeah. can wear a turtleneck and be like, I've seen Swan Lake. And yeah. I imagine, actually, if you are a fan of Black Swan and haven't seen Swan Lake, then this is a good context builder. That's true, actually. To that yeah. film would probably provide a lot more of the, you know, well, the context <laughs> for what that film is about. And what, was it Darren Aronofsky who did that? Uh, yeah, Black Swan, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and what he was doing there. So who should see this? Fans of the higher arts, I guess. The people that want to seem a little cultured but aren't really cultured like me. You just have to pay 20 bucks go watching the movie. Yeah, because we don't get a lot of those arts here maybe in Australia so often and some really good performers, the Royal Ballet Company, performing this. Not many people are going to get a chance. So if you want to see them in a near live experience, you get this opportunity. And that's the other thing is that it is the best in the world, right? Like, so it yes. is an opportunity to, if you're going to see it once. This is the World Cup of yeah. ballet. You know, because you yeah. could technically say, you know, As I opposed saw... to the A-League. <laughs> Each week we give away a gold class double pass. Do we have a winner? Uh, yes, of course. Last week we asked if you could have a wrestler name like The Rock, uh, what would yours be? Uh, and we had uh, Jose wrote it. He said, hey, Cinema Crew, which I thought was kind of nice. People don't normally address this, but hello. <laughs> yeah. uh, just emailing this week's question. Considering the Spanish origins of my name, Jose... I imagine myself as a sort of Lucha Libre style Mexican wrestler with one of those full head marks who goes by the name No Way Jose. Brilliant. Good. <laughs> anyway, if you want to win this week, uh, you have to answer the question, what band would you want a movie for in the style of Mamma Mia? Tell us why. Send your answer and contact details to win at cinemacrew.com.au. Next week, we'll hear about two absolute musical icons, Whitney, as in Whitney Houston, and Andre Rieu, as in Andre Rieu, with a doco and another concert movie, respectively, and a new film from Over the Ditch that everyone is talking about, The Breaker Uppers. Until then, thanks, Cambo. Thank you. Thanks, Vari. Thanks. I'm Kyron Wheatley, and this has been The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas.